Hello, and welcome to The Marvel Virgin, a podcast all about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is Paul, and I'm a Marvel Virgin. And my name is Kaylee, and I'm a Marvel whore. For each episode, Paul is watching a Marvel movie or TV series for the very first time, and with my help, we'll be delving into the good and not-so-good aspects of the MCU, and navigating the secrets and intricacies of this big and complex universe. If you'd like to send in any questions, comments, factoids, or even if you'd like to correct anything we've said, after all, we're not perfect, then you can tweet us at the Marvel Virgin. We'd love to hear from you. Enjoy the show. Right, let's do this. Let's finish Agents of Shields, the marathon that is Agents of Shields. Do you want to hear um shocking development? Oh my god, is there going to be a season eight? No, no, but imagine if there was. I was gonna say I really liked the last season. <laughs> Did you like the last season? I loved it. Yeah, I was like, you know what? Perfect length. <laughs> I enjoyed it. So I came around at the end. I did. Yeah, we're talking about seasons six and seven. We're going to plonk them together so we can just get this done. But yeah, I I liked these seasons more than all the other ones put together. <laughs> yeah, I was like, and the finale, I, I thought, what a great, it ended it in a nice way. It wrapped it all up. It gave us a nice bit of nostalgia and happy, happy endings for most people. So I was like, yeah, you know what? It's good. I'm, I'm glad of it quite touching as well I thought the that final scene when they all visit each other in a sort of futuristic zoom um and they're all got and it shows you where each of them are now in their lives and what they do and that sort of thing and um and the final season was quite good in that with the time travel element you got a bit of a whistle stop tour of the history of shield and some characters came back like had like Daisy's mother in there and um uh, that some guy who apparently was in it before, but I can't remember him at all. Um, Garrett, I think his name was. Yeah. Um, and and it, so it was a bit like, a, yeah, a bit like a quick little tour around what we've created. They brought in Daniel Souza from Agent Carter. Which was him, nice. Which he was lives. really nice. He lives. He has stuff <laughs> to do. Um, and yeah, and um, and that was that was quite sweet. I liked season six a lot. Like, oh, yeah. I, I really enjoyed season six. Season seven was like fine. It was a good finale. It got a bit muddled sometimes. I didn't really know what was going on most of the time in it, but I was like, I'll go with it because it's kind of campy and fun. But season six, I got really, really into um, because I think it felt very like, it felt very Doctor Who-like and I can't explain why. No, I know what you mean actually, because I was going to say that season seven felt Doctor Who-like. With but, the time um, travel. Because of the time. <laughs> I went for a more obvious option, but I, I know what you mean. Like, I don't know in terms of like the way they all were working together, mm. maybe like the way, and I don't know. And I, I think it was also the, um, the, the sort of the creatures, the Shrike, who I think were so frightening. Like I, I, like the idea of them just like crawling into your mouth and then going down into your chest was like, Ugh, I don't like that. Um, yeah. uh, they, that in idea, um, it all felt very kind of focused because I think what we've always moaned about with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is that it's just all over the place and they'll introduce a character and kill them off within one episode. They'll introduce a storyline and then end the storyline the next episode. They can't, they, it's just it's just so rushed and frenetic. And that, whereas in this, they had the characters all spread out in different places and they let the whole thing breathe and gradually mm -hmm. develop. So you don't see the Shrike until like episode four or something. And you don't really discover... You don't meet Izel, the main villain, until about episode seven. Um, and then it takes a couple of episodes for you to realise that she is the main villain of it. And um, and yeah, stuff like that, which I much, much prefer. It just lets everything move at a more natural pace. Whereas I think in previous yeah. seasons, everything would have been introduced in the first episode and everything just happened. It would have lasted about five episodes and they move on to something else entirely. Um, yeah, that's so true. And also I think, the fact that there was Shades of Grey, the people you think are going to be allies are like, we're going to ally with you and help you save the world by blowing it up. It's very mm. Doctor Who as well. That whole uh, section with them, the big tap crystal tower being formed and the big atom bomb like being driven towards it and they're trying to stop it, even though it's mm. designed to stop the enemy, they want to stop it because it's just going to destroy lots of people and, and stuff. And that, that was a really, really intense bit because everyone 
was it was somewhere involved in it and there were so many different things going on and it was like several storylines all just kind of like they're all spread out but they're gradually doing this and about to just collide in the center mm. um and i think that was just really well thought out storytelling like i feel like there was just more thought put into uh into it and it they kind of it meant that you can enjoy the characters a bit more it was funny i love the bit where they are on the hallucinogenic drugs I thought yeah. that was actually really, the really The little funny. monkey suit. The little, the little, yeah, that was great. That yeah. And I love the casino on that planet. It felt very Jabba the Hutt's lair with, um, um, there were these elements of darkness. Like they're playing this game where if you lose, you end up in slavery and something like that. Like that felt very kind of creepy, and but kind of campy at the same time. And I don't think Jabba would do, actually. The comparison is good. Completely, yeah. I mean, Jabba the Hutt had a trap door to a great big monster. So I felt like we were going to see something like that anytime soon in this place. Um, I like the fact that it wasn't really Coulson and it was a completely different character played by the same actor. That was quite refreshing. Um, yeah. Yeah. And um, I just, I really, really enjoyed it. I didn't really understand what was going on in the finale sometimes, but I didn't really care by that point. I was like, I, I know who's bad. It's built up to this point. It's quite an exciting climax. So let's go with it. And it gave us a nice cliffhanger for season seven, which was great. Like I feel like sometimes they've ended things and it, I've been like, I mean. Yeah. I, like normally Mortal like, peril again. Mortal peril yeah, again. Bits and Simmons are separated again. or <laughs> I mean, I know they were in this one, but I, didn't, I, I was more invested in them getting back together this time as well. So. They had more, yeah, they, they were separate. Yeah, the, the whole se- keeping them separated all the time is a bit exhausting. But I, I like, yeah, I liked it more here because they did more with it. They um they kind of uh, gave them moments together and then they mm. had to come apart. And then season seven was really interesting because all the time you're like, where is Fitz? You don't meet him till the very, very end of it. And I really liked that. I thought that yeah. just changed. This is another thing we always said was that, the characters always survive. They're always, they're all just there and they never really develop. Whereas the idea of just having Fitz out of it and hidden away and you don't know where he is, that it feels so refreshing just to do something a bit more controversial like that. I was always like, just just kill kill one of them off. Just do it. Like it, it would just refresh it. <laughs> I know. I wondered what he was doing actually, because I know he, he was going to be in a British series, wasn't he? Like a crime series. So I wonder if it tallied up with that, but mm. You know, he was obviously away doing something, but I like that he was fighting for the, the big reveal, the big reveal of their relationship. He was like yeah. away, like keeping an eye on things, and that exactly, was yeah, very cute. It was, yeah. I just, I came around to it. I could be like, you know what? If Agents of Shield popped up again, I'd watch it. But I, I don't think it, I need it now because they tied it all up so nicely. Exactly, and I think it just, it, 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 it was, it's, it's evidence that a twenty-two episode season is not something that we should do anymore because people watch things in bulk um mm. now we don't watch things we unless something is like be capturing the world like when game of game of thrones people watched it weekly because you had to you just you How couldn't not there in game of thrones but it, yeah they still only had 10 episodes a season yeah uh maximum you were like getting towards the end like oh my god it's only like one episode left i can't believe it mm, yeah Nothing's going to be tied up, and it never was. <laughs> no, no, not really. Yeah. It'll just keep on going. <laughs> um, I, I agree and... with you. I think you can't have these. Well, you could, but I don't know. I just feel like it needs to be done differently, like maybe break them up. But then you may as well have them as smaller seasons rather than... I know they were podding the seasons like at one point where they were like, oh, you know, seven art episodes are going to be dedicated to this part of the story and eight to that and blah, blah, blah. It didn't really... But that's just a regular length season, isn't it? It's just... Yeah. You know, and... It means that if you have um, a smaller season, then it's easier for the writers to kind of plan it out uh, and think in a bit bit more carefully about, okay, in this first episode, this is what we're going to introduce. We have these other plot elements, but actually let's delay them Mm. and bring them out a bit later. Whereas if you've got 22 episodes up on your writer's wall, that's much harder to keep track. That's going to get so complicated. So they probably... And they've got to churn out the script. So they probably just don't bother. And I just like, Let, let's just get this done and we'll work out this next episode when we get to it. Um, Reminds me of that um, Lord of the Rings quote where he's like, oh, I like butter spread over too much bread. That's what it's like. Who says that in Lord of the Rings? <gasps> Bilbo says it. He Does he say it. that? 
yeah he says he's feeling old he feels like butter spread over too too much too thin over a piece of bread basically that's a terrible line i, I like I... how dare you he's a hobbit he thinks in terms of food it makes that's... perfect sense it is a good character line, I guess. Yeah, but that's uh, yeah. Bread, no butter on it, like one little bit of butter for one slice of bread is awful. Mm, you don't want a dog. And that's I don't, what think, I, I don't think you can have too much, but like too much butter just means heart attack rather than. Yeah, but he's saying he's too little butter spread over too much bread. Oh yes, I see. I see. And I'm saying that's what those 22 episode seasons were because they had like a little bit of story, but they just spread over too much. It's very true. You speak wisely. Me and Bilbo know what's up. That's what it is. You really do. You really <laughs> do. <laughs> uh, shall we go through some plots? We've got to get through two seasons. So yes, we'll <laughs> let's <need> start. <laughs> while ago. So I'm relying six. on you. Season six. Phil Coulson is dead. Woo! <laughs> 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 But is he really? Could he ever really die? No, apparently he can never really fully die. This this blooming actor just still gets the contract and somehow they write him in. Um, <laughs> Mac is head of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, and he's working with Yo-Yo and May to investigate a mysterious group of people who have arrived on Earth through portals. Um, and they are led by a man called Sarge, who is looks exactly like Coulson. It's him. It's mysterious, isn't it? mysterious and they don't unlike previous seasons they don't reveal it all right away they just show him and you're like what the hell and then you have to wait till like the end of the season to fully realize who he is Mm -hmm. better writing meanwhile daisy and Gemma, they're in space they're searching for fits and i had to really um try and remember what had happened here so he's in the present, he cryogenically frozen himself so that he could wake up in the future to yes. save them during the events of season five, I think. Um, so he's, he, as far as they know, he's cryogenically frozen. Yeah, his future self had died or something, so they were going back to get yes frozen. But then bit. don't they want him to stay frozen so that they get saved in the future? Well, no, this is where we got confused. I said that the, the rules don't make any sense in their no. time situations you know i'm not doing it again i'm like i go down that road like they don't want to wake him up they want him cryogenically frozen so that he wakes up in the future and he's young and then he dies but i think because they were in a different timeline and they've come back it doesn't matter now because they've come back they can get him out and be like look we're okay you saved us but then if they do that would they not disappear i don't know what would happen technically in terms of if it if it made sense in like a sort of classic time travel then yes they would undo it but then if they've undone it then it wouldn't matter because they would never have done it they create a new timeline where it just that future just never happened in the end and he doesn't need to be there yeah Yeah. i think that i mean they've done it they wrote wrote themselves into this hole it's not for us to get them out it's their own fault they they've made their bed they can lie in it exactly Mm. um fitz is not in cryogenic stasis anymore he is um with Enoch I love Enoch mm. I think he's really funny um he's like a sort of Spock um data kind of character isn't he and that he doesn't quite get human emotions and all that and that's always yes, funny which we see particularly in in the final season actually mm, very much so yeah and it, it's in the final season when he's been left behind and he's having to live out all the years and he's starting to get a little bit kind of lonely and feel left out and stuff I was like oh no Enoch you poor thing <laughs> Um, they're hiding on a cargo spaceship um, and they end up on a planet with a casino uh, where they start trying to win money to afford a ship to escape. And Daisy and Gemma manage to track them to there, basically. And that's where they end up doing some hallucinogenic drugs. They go a bit crazy. It's basically like Vegas, but a bit darker, a bit more murderous. Um, and yeah, that's fun to watch. Um, I like the casino in space. I, I don't know why. I think it's such a fun... Whenever there's been a casino in a sci-fi setting, I've always enjoyed it. They always, um, it's it's an interesting thing to have because it's a very earth, it's an earth concept. Um, so you went, you sort of identify with it, but then they can change it up to add in some aliens and stuff and be like, oh, it's the future, it's aliens, it's weird, but actually it's just like us. <laughs> Our dice don't have dots, they have strange symbols you don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> it's so out of this world. Woo. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Deke, meanwhile, has become an obnoxious millennial. And he's created one of those kind of startup creative social media company things that no one really knows what they do, but they make a lot of money. Um, And he has some girlfriend who TikToks everything, even when she's in mortal peril, which I thought was quite amusing. So realistic. (laughs) Very. Let's face it. That's (laughs) natural disasters happen, and people just stand there with their phones, videoing it. Um, Sarge and his gang Sarge slash Coulson and his gang they're revealed to be going after people who have these bat-like creatures inside them Um, and the creatures get inside and kind of possess them and they can only be killed by like a magic knife and the knife has to kill the creature basically Um, S.H.I.E.L.D. manages to get one of these dead people with the bat creature but the bat is still alive and it gets out, it gets, and it goes inside an agent's mouth. It just kind of like crawls in there. It's grim, isn't it? It's so grim. And then they die by like having like a big crystal shard just like burst out of their, out of their bodies. And, and ugh. it's and very like, alien, actually, thinking about it. It is very alien. Yeah. I, um, I really enjoyed this whole idea. I was like, there's this, this sort of element of horror in a sort of, a, a show for 12 plus is so it does that that's I, another I think is why it felt quite Doctor Who like because mm. Doctor Who is designed for kids but it does have you take like the weeping angels the whole yeah. idea of that is fucking terrifying they're the most terrifying I think they got less terrifying as seasons have gone on but mm. the first time they pop up you're like no <laughs> yeah just looking yeah. at them their little eyes covered horrifying just oof. yeah don't don't ever want to um come across one of them um, these creatures, these bat-like creatures, are revealed to be called the Shrike, and they are like kind of parasites who end up destroying worlds through mm. their behavior. Um, Sarge and his team are aiming to destroy all of the Shrike, uh, but they are doing it in a ruthless way where they'll happily kill innocent people in the process. They just want to get, they just want to rid the universe of them for obvious reasons. Um, maybe it's also the Shrike are terrifying because we're triggered by bats now because of covid oh i was like are we why vampires no okay <laughs> yeah. i thought the bats were exonerated oh were they oh yeah were they, they were found it, innocent were they it wasn't the bat it was some other creature wasn't it do you remember we Pan- looked at- was it the pangolins the pangolins yeah they blame those those guys and i was like oh they're so cute little pangolin they are they're like little pokemon i don't, I don't think that they don't look like real creatures to me they just look like some kind of um yeah they look like a pokemon rather than an actual they, real thing it's such a fun word to say as well pangolin but yeah the bats were like i don't know i think people blame the bats i think it's let's leave this I don't know. it's poor bat poor bats get a bad rep then because it gets they always do it's like vampires killers they'll get in your hair has anyone ever had a bat caught in their hair i don't know i certainly have not personally no bats have never gone anywhere near my hair no no you have beautiful hair thank you they go I'm near ugly offended. hair i'm always offended that they wouldn't want to nest in <laughs> maybe they only like ugly hair with cobwebs and stuff in it Ooh, creepy, of vampires. Yeah, like a cave shaped hole in it yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> um Fitz, Simmons and Enoch on this planet with the casino, they meet a woman called Izel and, and she helps them to escape and they head to Earth. She seems nice. She's lovely. Yeah. She helps them. Lovely. But no, 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 no. <laughs> Izel is in fact the creator of the Shrike. She is orchestrating all of this and she is with a capital E, evil. evil. And what are the odds that you would ask for help from the one person that created the thing that you're well no that this was quite clever because she the thing is they don't ask her she comes to them she finds them and she's obviously kind of like been stuck here and has noticed these earth people she's gone oh i want to go to earth i want to go and destroy the whole thing so it wasn't like a coincidence that she was there it was all kind of thought out a little bit i thought um which proves you should never trust anyone in a space casino True that, true that. But then she does get them back to Earth. So through villainy comes good things. That's going to go on a coaster in a pub. <laughs> it is. I'm going to get a t-shirt with that one. Um, various Shrike hosts 
they're all converging on one place. This is where we get this two-parter episode. They're all converging on one place to make a big crystal tower thing. Um, and this is like a sort of signal tower to get Izel's and her ship to Earth. Um, Sarge wants to smash into it with a big truck containing an atomic bomb and destroy the whole thing. But that obviously will destroy the surrounding area and many innocent people. So Daisy manages to contain the explosion with her quakey quakey powers and also quake apart the Shrike who will come about as well. Um, yeah, really enjoyed those two episodes. I thought it was really, really I did good. too. And it's nice to see Daisy using her quaking abilities in such a fun way. Very much so, yeah. It's very powerful. I don't know why the Avengers have not phoned her and got her on board. She's not even mentioned in the films. I know, like she's hugely powerful. They need to get her, like she would have been great. She wasn't snapped. Why wasn't she called up? Exactly. It just, it makes no sense. Yeah. You could have quaked that Thanos right out of the system, probably. Yeah, she could have saved the day. She could have just broken all the infinity stones with her quakiness. Yeah. Than that, yeah. Izel then uh, reveals that her, she also has another power to inhabit bodies. This was quite scary as well. She mm -hmm. could just sort of walk into people and just become just take possession of their body and stuff. And they're trying to work out who she's taken possession of. Um, and there's that bit where she, she even kills someone by sort of inhabiting their body, walking them off a ledge and then jumps back out again. And the guy just then falls and dies. Um, and I thought, yeah, I was like, scary villain. That shit is scary. She's evil. Um, the pup, she, have you seen Stardust where they like have the, 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 the doll and they can bring dead bodies back to life. And I've stuff. never seen it all the way through. Oh, really? I would have thought you would love Stardust. I don't know why. I might do if I watched it. Yeah, I've seen bits of it. Yeah, well, all right. Well, that, that reference not for you then. I take well, That it sounds like something I would like. So, I will, <laughs> yeah, thank you for your recommendation. No worries. <laughs> oh, yes. So she is after the three monoliths that we've seen throughout the series. So, again, this was also quite good. They're tying up things that have happened before in here um i can't remember much about the monoliths i was like they're just like really powerful things basically um but with the three of them she can open up a portal from her world and like invade earth basically um we find out this is where i got a bit confused we we find out that izel and sarge are actually they're like non-corporeal beings from another planet or something they're like ancient beings who are just fighting against each other uh, and he is just constantly trying to stop her evil doings. But then he takes her side in a after a while. I know. I didn't yeah. quite follow that. I didn't really get that either. It's almost like they decided he was going to be a bit evil. Mm. They kind of wrote him into that corner again. Yeah, but I guess it doesn't matter because May fights Izel and she eventually wins because May is awesome. And, and Mac also kills Sarge. So they both die. And they save the day. However, uh, the Chronicoms, and Enoch is a Chronicom, they're going after S.H.I.E.L.D. because their planet was destroyed by the Shrike and they want to establish a new Chronicom planet using their tech and they want to turn Earth into like a new Chronicom planet or something, basically. Um, so Fitz sends everyone back in time to 1930s New York City to hide. Cliffhanger ending. And the promise of a costume drama. Right, yes. <laughs> Although I was, I felt like 1930s New York City or 1920s, 1930s New York City is like often used like a lot. I know it's very American and it, it's like, it's. It, it has to be New York. We know this. So yeah. they just pick an era and that's probably the most like fun, eerie, costumey era they have. They could have gone Gilded Age, gone back a bit further and done a full like House of Mirth kind of thing. That would have been fun. Like a Kingsman Golden Circle situation. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But I think they wanted to cross over, didn't they, of like Agent Carter era and all that. Well, I think so. Mm -mm. Yeah, it's true. I guess it's it served a purpose. But I was like, go back to Elizabethan times. Just be really like fun <laughs> like you, that. <laughs> in America, what would happen then? It would just be like it'd be all the boats. Native Americans. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this looks like a nice country to ruin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they could go, they could like try and reverse colonialism. I, ooh, I wonder if Native American 
dissent people would like that as a concept or if they'd find it disrespectful yeah it might be a bit disrespectful it feels like too easy a happy ending for it something does. that has devastated entire communities and lands. yeah we saved them snap <laughs> and then we ended it again especially when the team is or none of them are, as far as i know are native americans so <laughs> like maybe a no yeah that's a shame <laughs> but anyway. it was a good Elizabethan times for a superhero would be quite fun. We could just find it for someone else. Yeah. Yeah. But they've got time travel with like the quantum realm and all that sort of things. They can, they can do that now. I think they should. Oh, and one of the, yeah, Queen Elizabeth could be a superhero. That's why she doesn't marry or have kids. She's like, no one must know. She's got powers. She, I don't know what she would do. She's got powers under her wigs. Yes. Laser eyes. Mm, Laser eyes. (laughs) off of his head and she just goes <laughs> and cuts it off uh, so then we go on to season 7 I also I really liked in season 7 the different um, opening titles and how <laughs> they all sort of conveyed time, the time period that they're in because there's a lot of time travel in season 7 they hop um, around all over the bloody place don't they they really do and sometimes they stay there so throughout season, it starts in 1930s New York City and the Zephyr their ship is jumping forward in time every now and then following a sort of complicated pattern that Gemma explains at one point. But each time period that they're in, the the opening titles convey that time period. Um, And sometimes people get stuck there because they're not on board the Zephyr when it jumps. So they have to wait a few years for it to come back again. Um, And and that all plays into it as well. Um, They start in 1930s New York. Um, They have an LMD, a robot who is Coulson with old Coulson's memories. I'm like, I, you just cannot get rid of this guy, basically, can you? He never dies. But do you know what LMD stands for? Life model device. Decoy. Decoy, that was it, yes. Because it was Aida. Ada. Ada was the LMD, the evil Ada, yeah. Yes, I was hoping it will come up in your trivia quiz because we'll know the answer to that. Maybe that was if it does, and that was a good bit of revision, revision for us, wasn't it? <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> um, and May is also now an empath because she died and got cured, and now she can feel people's feelings or something. I don't understand. I, that, I was like, okay. <laughs> it was cute that they picked her because obviously it's so like against everything she's. <laughs> I suppose, yeah, it's a good way to kind of conclude her character. She started off so, so serious and militant. And now yes, she's... Like, I'm the cavalry. That's all you need to know. And now she's like, I feel everything. It's very no, I'm a human being now. <laughs> she's like a little care bear. Uh, she's like a care bear, yeah. She changes <laughs> colour depending on the mood that yeah. she's in. <laughs> um, they realise that the Chromicoms are, um, they, the Chromicoms want to invade Earth and take it over. They're looking to kill the father of the future head of Hydra. Um, therefore, if they do that, that would create a timeline where S.H.I.E.L.D. will not be needed and therefore not created. So in the future, they can invade without S.H.I.E.L.D. stopping them, which is a clever way to make the good guys suddenly have to save the bad guys. Yeah, and it's a good answer to that, why you shouldn't kill Hitler as a baby. Exactly. It's um, this happens in a very, very old episode of Doctor Who as well, because um, being a Doctor Who nerd, I know these things is, um, <laughs> you know, um, Davros, who creates the Daleks. Yes. So the very first episode he appears in is an episode where the Time Lords have sent the Doctor back in time. And they say to him, we want you to stop the creation of the Daleks altogether. They've brought they've brought too much havoc. Um we want you to stop it. And the doctor do- just eventually decides not to do it. He mm. he says, and he, I think the quote is, out of the Daleks evil must come something good because he sort of points out that planets have aligned themselves with each other, formed coalitions, um, good coalitions in order to defeat the Daleks over history. And actually it's out, yeah, it's that kind of thing, which is very interesting philosophical Concept. It is, isn't it? Because normally people were like, oh, the easiest answer is to undo all of this evil. And it's hard to see that there can be positives, but I suppose. Mm. Especially when you're in the middle of it, like it's hard to see anything from like wars going on at the moment. It's hard to think yeah. what's, what, what possibly is good, what possible good is coming out of this. But I'm hopeful one day in the future there's a positive. And yeah, I, sometimes you, it, like 
disasters like man-made disasters that have happened uh in the world like like wars and that sort of thing we've ended up learning from them like the titanic sinking completely changed how we did maritime travel um and it's always human beings almost need bad things to happen in order to learn unfortunately no it is a shame isn't it yeah we just can't we can't think ahead properly at all we um yeah Anyway, yes, so the Zephyr is jumping forwards in time sometimes. Um, they're meeting various characters that um, they've met over the course of it, and they all interact with them. And Daniel Souza from Agent Carter also joins them, as, as we said. He's so attractive. He is very attractive. I don't know why she, well, I do know why she didn't pick him, because obviously it was a long game that she was playing to get Captain America in the end, but she didn't know that. But mm. I don't know. He ends up with, I'm not going to ruin it. He ends up with Daisy, doesn't he? He ends up with Daisy, yeah. And I'm like, you know what? Fair play, I would. (laughs) Very powerful. He likes strong women. I think that's good. Mm, Yeah. Um, Throughout all this, Fitz is mysteriously hiding. We don't know where he is. And Gemma doesn't know where he is because she has a memory blocker in her head. I love that whenever she tries to destroy the memory blocker in her head, she gets killed as well. Yeah, yeah. It's a good defense mechanism. It means she can get tortured by anyone and she just can't reveal anything. Yeah. Like Daisy's mother, Jia Ying, turns up. Um, there's a guy called Nathaniel who takes some of Daisy's powers and he wants to wreak havoc with them. He's some kind of power hungry um, bloke. Um, so many is, isn't there, in the Marvel universe? <laughs> there are. It's really unfortunate, really. that. Uh, but I guess you have bad people to necessitate the good people. You have yeah, Hydra, so then you have Shield. You know, it's a deep quote. It works for everything. Now we're like, it's basically like my mum's answer to all of life's troubles, which is everything happens for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what did my friend send me about quotes like that? Things, you know, people say things like everything happens for a reason. It is what it is. Um, those kind of quotes that kind of there's a there's a term for them. Did you send me this? Or was it someone is it else? Toxic positivity. <laughs> no, no, there was ah, here we go. It wasn't yeah. me. So learn yesterday. There's a term for phrases like it is what it is, it's in God's hands, YOLO, etc. Things meant to short circuit cognitive dissonance and end discussion. They're called thought terminating cliches. <laughs> Ooh, I love it. <laughs> I, I thought that was I vicious. Like I don't think my mum would enjoy me telling her that. So I'll just... And to be fair, it's annoying because she'll eventually always prove to be correct. Deke and Mac also get stranded in the 70s and 80s. I like Deke's plan to release songs before they were released so he can make it lots of It reminded me of that that film. The um, Oh my God, what's it called? The Beatles film. You know where he goes... Yes, to- yes. I've not seen it, but I know the story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Beatles yesterday, like yesterday. Yesterday. Is it yesterday? Yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. And he, the Beatles are wiped out, so he releases all their songs like, it's me! And I thought that was a really fun... I thought that was really fun. I loved that. It's nice really fun idea. Me. Like, good, good, interesting question about morality there. Like, it's not yeah. really your work, even though everyone thinks it is. Even for later, the bands that are coming later, they'll have no music. <laughs> they can't write anything. Exactly. Um, and I liked the bottle episode where Daisy is repeating the same few minutes over and over again. I thought mm. that was a really good like one-off. I like the idea that if she dies, she then has to do it again, but she's got a limited number of times in which she can do it. And then Coulson, the LMD, remembers all the previous attempts of of this. And then um I thought that was I thought that was really cool how it's like she she always gets so far and then she's like, oh shit. And then it just like doesn't work. So she has to wake up again the same time, do it all again. And it's just getting yeah. really exhausted and be like, look, just go with this, okay? <laughs> I have a episode but mm. that was a particularly good one i think we should one day it doesn't mean that'd be marvel we should just rank all of our favorite bottle episodes yeah Top find all the bottle episodes netflix does a lot of bottle episodes a few yeah there. yeah community does a really meta one called the bottle episode <laughs> which i would, would need to be on there too there must be the, there'll be a wikipedia article with like lists of famous bottle episodes I can think of a really good one in Frasier where they're planning a dinner party on the phone and they keep messing up like, oh, they've ordered the wrong cook and then they try and cancel that one while or booking in another one, they actually swap phones and insult both and that's good. Oh, really? That's yeah. good. Frasier was good for stuff like that, I think. That's kind of farcical. Um, to put it in a very specific situation, yeah. I mean, it's weirdly aged best out of most of the 90s sitcoms. Mm, mm. 
Yeah, probably. I need. To, I haven't rewatched really it in a long time, so it's one. It's very watchable, and it's like I don't know, because like, it's it was so like it went really sort of so far removed from normal mm. life characters. Anyway, it just always feels fun. Quite universal, I suppose, isn't it? Like, there's always going to be some kind of rich, pretentious person who just is a bit out of touch. Um, yeah. At any point, really, yeah. Um, hmm. Um, now, what else happens? Oh, yeah. Fitz is revealed to have been jumping about in the quantum realm. Woo! Um, he, and they managed to get him back. Um, and all the remaining agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. work together to get the original timeline back because they've gone through time. Lots of things have happened that should not have happened or have happened at the wrong time. So they they do something to stop the Chronicons rewriting history. It works. Yay. <laughs> I did not like really it. understand how it works. When Gemma's trying to make the machine and she's figuring out the elements as she was like, oh, these two elements should be married. And it's like, oh, her wedding ring is the final mm, piece. That was, the- yes. It was yes. very cute. I was like, you know what? Hats off to you guys. That was very well done. That was cute, actually. Yeah, yeah. And it finally, like, brings them together, Fitz and Simmons, because it's just been an exhausting seven years for them, really, hasn't it? It has. I'm surprised that, like, if they can get through that, they can get through anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they have to. <laughs> um, and then we have this nice ending scene where the team all meet up with each other virtually. Um and you get a little insight into what they're doing now. So May is a professor at S.H.I.E.L.D. Academy, um, which is fits her. Fitz and Simmons finally have their little idyllic life with their daughter. Um, Mac and Yo-Yo are still part of S.H.I.E.L.D. They'll never leave. They'll retire in S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, <laughs> Daisy is off in space, driving around. Um, and Coulson goes travelling or something, I think. And she's, with, she's still with Sousa, isn't she? She's still with Sousa. Yeah, they go travelling around together. And Coulson, oh, that's it. Coulson drives off in the car. The car yes. he loves, yeah. He's, yeah, it's quite nice because you feel like if you wanted to pick up any of them, you could, but mm-hmm. hopefully it means Fitz and Simmons are safe and happy. I don't think they, they I, I can't, I, don't, I think their relationship just can't possibly do another separation. I think they're just- If it can, they should be doing couples therapy for every other superhero in Marvel Universe. Literally, literally. I feel, I got the impression that they retired and I'm like, I fair play. Like, I don't think you should really be doing this job as a couple anymore. Um, no. I don't think it's a good idea. I think you should just be like librarians or something, something safe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Librarians would be nice. Or mm. just they don't even probably need to work. I'm assuming they get a great pension or something. Yeah, I would. I would assume so. I would assume it's a phenomenal pension. Yeah, you'd hope so. Always Danger. is with stuff like this. <laughs> with stuff like this, like it's you know, in film, they're always like, "Yes, we can pay you X amount of money," and I'm like, "Oh, wow, lovely. That's never going to happen to us." No, no, we, we've got no chance. I'm always playing, I don't always, every now and then I'll buy a lottery ticket. It's like a little, today I feel like I'm really going to win. And you never I'm know. <laughs> not one at once, but in my head I'm always like, I'm going to give Paul and Christine some money so that they still hang out with me and we can all do fun, rich things together. <laughs> and this will happen and this will happen. And not once have I won any money. But if I yeah. do, you know you're in my thoughts. So yeah, we're getting some. Thank you. Thank you. That's good to know. <laughs> um. Nice. And yeah, we've reached the end of Agents of Shields. Yay! Oh, and I like a medal. They won the day with I just don't know with May and her Care Bear powers. It was nice, wasn't yeah. it? <laughs> How many episodes is it in total? Hang on, I'm gonna find was out. Was it like thirteen? No, the, the whole, all of it. Like oh, God, all yes. Seven se- all seven seasons. How many episodes is it? A hundred and thirty-six. 136 episodes. A lot of shield, didn't we? Mm-hmm. We did. I, I say I really like that quote from Sousa when he was like saying to Daisy, I wrote it down. Because when people like you run into those walls, you should have someone there to back you up. Nice. I was like, what a man, what a man. What a man. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we want. <laughs> and that's him, isn't it? He's the backup for like strong yeah. women. And he would he hold our that. handbag on the red carpet and he wouldn't get upset about it. No, he'd be like, I do it well. Yeah. yeah. I look good with a handbag. You deserve your moment on the spotlight. Go. Definitely. And there was a nice quote from, from Enoch, if you want it as well. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, absolutely. Uh, people arrive, so we celebrate, and people leave us, so we grieve. We do what we can with the time in between. But the cycle is always there. Oh, that's a good quote. I know. 
I know. But it was, yeah, I just thought it was quite nice. Especially because it was like a goodbye episode. Yeah. Yeah. He was full of wisdom, was Enoch? It was. And you know what I was thinking? Like, this was probably one of the few Marvel packages that would have dropped in 2020. It was basically the only, basically the only one that dropped. For obvious reasons. Yeah, we hit, I think they would have completed it just before the pandemic hit. So they just got it out just in time. Yeah. And I feel like it made it all hit a little bit harder, like some of the emotional bits, like with Fitz telling Simmons that she was guarding everything and it was their kid and you know it was nice especially for those people who are actual fans of the show rather than us who's watching it out of obligation (laughs) well yeah but I've come round to it you know yeah (laughs) maybe I am a fan (gasps) (laughs) my heart stopped that's what that's the kind of Marvel whore I am I just just take anything (laughs) I will come to my bedroom I'll watch you (laughs) (laughs) what would you give out of five these last two the last two i'd give a good uh, well season six i'd give a four season mm. seven i'd give a three. Oh, i think i'd give both a four you know would you? i've been quite generous i think mm. that's fair i read something interesting i'm gonna find it but can i find it now that i want to it's always the way isn't it um about the finale finale mm. um the weeden that does it jed Whedon yeah um the good he, one well he's not in trouble at the moment is he so mm. yes um they have they did an interview and he said that they cut like a ridiculous amount out of the the series to make it work in uh, what to like get it into 13 episodes yeah like quite a lot of plot as well but they kept what they kept because they wanted it to have that Mm. bittersweet finale vibe mm. where is it oh for god's sakes i make these notes but i've got too many of them now for the final episode alone there's 20 mm. minutes that no one will ever see most of those were just this is a quote most of those were just unforgettable humorous lines no there's some stuff but it won't see the light of day um we lost some whole scenes there was a lot of fight stuff we lost we really tried to preserve the end and that end had to breathe which is what you said yeah <clears throat> and my throat's going, I can't do quotes, apparently. And that end had to breathe and have time to sit and be quiet and awkward. Everything leading up to that goes very quickly. There were some details in the tying up of the time loose ends. Um, and they were talking about, they wanted it to be about the feeling you're left with in the last scene that they wanted to preserve more than mm. everything else. Like less about plot so much and more about doing the fans justice and giving them the ending they needed. It's good because it feels like it then goes out with a bang rather than a, a like a, well, to quote a poet, a whimper. <laughs> well, yeah, and we've talked about this before, like how many shows have messed up the ending? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's hard, it's easier to think of shows that fail the ending. But you, get, than- you get a lot of shows that um, that they're really good for their first couple of seasons then gradually peter out. Like like Dexter would kind of like fizzled out after a while. Desperate Housewives fizzled out, lost well lost carried on as it was but like less people watched it um the writers I, were lost that was the problem my favorite ever tv finales always seem to have flash forwards you know mm-hmm. i'm thinking like it's, but that completes it. it says it says the characters will continue in this way I suppose, yeah it? and then it yeah. sort of means that it's all tied up you don't have to worry you can sort of leave it in your head and they're happy and you can go away and you don't have to worry anymore. Or they're sad, you know, whatever, but you know what's happened. It's quite... Yeah. I think Friends did it very well. They didn't do the flash forward, but they they provided the the closure for everyone. Like they they got everyone sort of... And I know it's very, it's very, you know, heteronormative to sort of marry them off and that sort of thing. But it was, that was what the show was all about was them dating and mm. trying to find love and that. And then that almost all of them did, or they found, they, they sort of, sort of got the life that they all wanted by the end of it. And that yeah. kind of was very satisfying, I thought. It's Creek, similarly, like no flash forward, but they were all set up and you knew that they all were on good paths. So you knew where they were. Absolutely. And Shit's Creek was, I think, is an example of a show that is, in my personal opinion, perfect from start to mm. finish. Like there's never a season where it dips or anything. 
brilliant. I could rewatch Shit's Creek over and over again, Literally and I have, too. and I probably will for a long time. <laughs> and it, it's hard when if everyone really, really, really likes a show, it's very hard to conclude it because um, everyone's going to have their own ideas of what they want to happen, and you're not going to satisfy everyone. So, but I it's, think Agents of Shield isn't in that position. I don't think enough people watch it or are ob- as upset with it <laughs> as with Game of Thrones. I disagree. It, it's quite high doing. That. I wonder if it's more like there were less mysteries to tie up each time. The yeah. problem with set up so many mysteries. Was like, the very first episode is like, oh, these mysterious shapes in the snow. What are these white walkers doing? And everyone had all these ideas. And then they had ideas about the parentage of Jon Snow. I don't care if I'm spoiling it. It's so old now. People need to get over it. Mm. And they all had, you know, they all had these big open-ended mysteries that they all had so much time to sit with and come up with their own ideas. Mm. So, of course, they won't be disappointed. We said the same with Line of Duty. Like it's yeah, the idea is yeah. you're meant to be solving it, so you're always going to love your opinion and theory better than what it yeah, is. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, well, yeah, Agents of Shield, I guess, isn't structured in the same way, is it? Mm. And just lost. Had to give them a happy the and same. lost, lost. I mean, lost. <laughs> I don't. Mm. Yeah, like we said, I don't think the writers knew what the hell they were doing with that at all. <laughs> um, shall we try and test our knowledge of Agents of Shield with this quiz? Where, according okay. to whatculture.com We'll never get 100% on this Agents of Shields quiz, ever. But... You know what, Paul? I just want to set something up before we do it. You're a Marvel whore now as well, so it's not all on me. You it's are true. one of... It's true. <laughs> we need, we, we're need. we probably going to do a little rebrand of this whole show, I feel, quite soon. Because I feel <laughs> like we've got a bit too current now. We're not going... We're not talking about yeah. history. We're talking about what's we're happening in... right now. 2020 at the moment we're speeding our way through we know nothing else really comes out and this was basically the only thing released in 2020 so next episode we're in 2021 that was last year i know we remember it so well we were we were doing this we were doing this yeah (laughs) (laughs) um right so question one who was the first major mcu character from the films to guest star in agents of shields sif Ah, well, there's there's options. Oh, um, sorry. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, back <laughs> off. <laughs> um, Nick Fury, Maria Hill, Lady Sif, or Peggy Carter. But I do agree with you. I think it is Sif. I thought it was Sif, but now I'm like, because I thought Nick Fury came in in the end, and it was like a big like. Ooh! Nick Fury yeah. is at the end of season one. Sif was in the middle. But would think. they call her major? I think she is. Yeah, well, she's one of the options, so... So she has to be. If they're not going to call her major, that'd be harsh. Like, it's major enough. Yeah, yeah I'm going to go with it. Okay, right. I got too excited. I'm so sorry. I'll wait for the options. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Number two, what was the name of Sky's hacker group? Oh. So the options are Crimson Wall, Earthquakers, Rising Tide, or Hydranet. Was it Rising Tide? Rising Tide seems, I think, either Crimson Wall or Rising Tide, and Rising Tide is ringing a bell. I know they're trying to trick us with the quake situation. I'm like, no, no. no, no. The earthquake is, no, 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 too early, too early. (laughs) Rising Tide. Um, What type of aioli does Fitz like on his sandwiches? Pesto, garlic, tomato, or avocado? Okay, he's (laughs) Scottish. Let's get into a Scottish man's head. What does he do? Pesto, okay, garlic. Well, I'm going to go with, I would say garlic. I don't know what other flavours, to be honest. I thought it was just a garlic mayonnaise. Yeah. But apparently not. Apparently there's other things. Oh, I don't know. I, think we I should... don't remember it being a big enough moment for me to recall his sound. I bet it was mentioned in like season two, episode four, once, and that was it. Yeah. Unless it was the key to the <laughs> every episode and we've just failed. Yeah. Go with Garlic. I feel like is that garlic? Basic? It is garlic. Is that or pesto? I don't know why. Ah, which of the following was not the name of a Koenig we met throughout the show? There's a that- guy, Kate Walter. Um, there was one called Koenig. Koenig. I was going to say Walter Koenig, who plays Chekhov in Star Trek, but he's the agent who has like all the twins and triplets. The Patton Oswalt character. That's it. Yeah, Patton Oswalt. <laughs> I, I can't remember the actor's name. Yes. So, which of these was not? A name of one of them. So Eric, Billy, John, or Sam. Let's think this through. Uh, Billy seems too childlike. Yeah, that's true. I kind of wish we could go. No, I feel like there was a Billy. There was a Billy. Okay. Go through them, go through them again. Eric, Billy, John, or Sam. See, I remember there being an Eric. I feel like John is the most generic, and that might be a trick. 
Maybe it was John. Maybe there was no John. Don't you think? Let's do it. Let's go with John. The other one sound very American as well. I feel like John is like, I don't know. Mm. John. Right. John M. (laughs) Sorry to anyone who's... John, oh, I know this one. John Garrett was played by which two actors who happen to be father and son? Go on, do it. <laughs> they, the options are Stellan and Alexander Skarsgård, James and Josh Brolin, Donald and Kiefer Sutherland, or Bill and James Paxton. It's the Paxtons, because Bill Paxton played him earlier and then James Paxton played him later. As if they could have got the Skarsgårds. They might have done. Bill Paxton's quite fa- was quite famous, but then he died. That's why he couldn't play the character again. Mm, yeah okay fair fair they're all very lofty brolin could not do another marvel character no no that would be a weird crossover wouldn't it well he's already done two did he so he's done thanos yeah who else was he why is my brain not working he's done two he's done two i know it because we talked about it before i'm gonna google it okay it's gonna blow our minds keep going though Okay, which comic book villain is Daisy Johnson's father meant to be? Equinox, Korvac, Mr. Hyde, or Radioactive Man? Wasn't it Mr. Hyde? Maybe. It was the guy from Desperate Housewives and Twin Peaks. Yeah, and I remember that was five, wasn't it? Very Heidi. Yes, let's go with it. What is Daisy Johnson's superhero name in the comics? We know this one. Quake. Quake. Yeah, we just thought about that because they tried to trick us earlier. Don't even need the options. Uh, What is the name of the planet that Simmons was stranded on? Ooh. Kitson, Maveth, Morag, or Vormir? It's not Kitson because that's the casino planet. I know that. What were the options again? Maveth, Morag, or Vormir? That was also a good bottle episode. Hmm. What does your gut say? Morag? Let's go with it. Let's go with it, yeah. Cable, by the way. Able. Cable. Cable. From Deadpool. Oh, okay. I thought you meant MCU. <laughs> Wait, they, they now own it, so... <laughs> what item did Daisy see in a vision alongside a fallen agent? A cross, a sword, a pen, or a mask? remember this at all was it a pen i feel like that's going to be like some sort of let's do it pen why not (laughs) uh which of the following characters never took on the mantle of ghost rider robbie reyes phil coulson melinda may or alfonso mckenzie i think it was may i think the others the others all did it didn't they coulson definitely did it Mm. robbie reyes is ghost rider in there yeah Um, i think mac might have done too um what mundane item did Hydra use to brainwash people within the framework? Was it breakfast cereal, soap, TV commercials, or fruit? I'm inclined towards TV commercials, but I can't remember this at all. I love that there's so many edibles, though. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me think it should be cereal. <laughs> Maybe it was. Maybe it was breakfast cereal. It is boring. And Mr. Kellogg's did use it to try and control our sexual urges when he originally brought it out, didn't he? Did he? Was that why he brought it out? Yeah, oh it's a weird God. little food history lesson. Yeah, it was to keep people <laughs> it keep didn't it in work, did it? <laughs> no, anything made us more rounded because we had quick breakfast options the next morning. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to go with it. breakfast cereal. Why not? This is the yeah. fun quiz. What role was Deke actor Jeff Ward originally supposed to play? Ooh, either Cassius, Flint, Virgil, or Grill. I can't even remember what the last two were. Grill just sounds like an option for dinner, to be honest. Um, yeah. Mm, yum. Getting hungry. Cassius? Let's do it. Cassius. Uh, what famous movie sequel do Fitz and Hunter quote when they say goodbye? Is it Star Wars Episode 5, The Empire Strikes Back, Terminator 2, Aliens, or The Godfather Part 2? Or would, it, would it be Terminator 2? I was to say Terminator 2 feels the most correct. Most likely. Most likely. Who kills Ruby Hale? Yo-Yo, May, Simmons, or Daisy? Now, she was the blonde one with the blades, wasn't she? Mm. I think it was Yo-Yo. I think it might be Yo-Yo. Because she cut off Yo-Yo's hands. Lots of hands being removed. That was a big thing. Do you remember we talked about hands coming Through up? Through phase the- two, someone lost an arm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was good old days. Mm. 
what is the name of the casino planet featured through season six? I know it's yeah, one. Yeah. I know yeah, it's yeah. Kitson. Kitson. <laughs> Because I did a bit of reading of it before recording this. Um, <laughs> what animal does Snowflake hope to be reincarnated as? <gasps> butterfly. She's the butterfly yeah. lady. Yes. And it's such a... What's that film? Don, Donnie Darko move from her. Yeah, I like that character. I felt like she should have been used and explored a bit more, actually. Because she got a bit more sympathetic as it went on. Yeah, and I like her little girl crushes that she had. Yeah. Um, what song does Deke sing in the 80s? Take on me, sweet child of mine, hungry like the wolf, or don't you forget about me? Wasn't it Take on Me? It might have been. I was... Ooh. I thought it might be Don't You Forget About Me. Because <laughs> I don't think he could sing Take on Me. <laughs> what, you think it's too hard? <laughs> too high. Too, it's too high-pitched. <laughs> <laughs> well let's go with take on me it might have been no no i think go, go for don't you forget about me because i think that that feels yeah that feels like a more fitting one as well for like the, the what they're doing doesn't it yeah oh yeah true okay let's go there and they're both very similar sounding songs yeah that's true um how do fitz and simmons solve time travel the infinity stones the multiverse the quantum realm or the obelisk it's the quantum realm yeah yeah use that it's a useful little plot device now, isn't it? Would you love it? What is the name of Fitz and Simmons' daughter? Hope, Alia, Melinda, or Robin? Alia, yeah, that was it. Melinda, can you imagine if they called her Melinda? That'd be cute. They should have done. She was robbed. Okay, I think this is the last question. Who has the final line of Agents of Shields? Coulson, Daisy, Souza, or Mac. It must be Coulson because he drives off in the car, doesn't he? Does he say anything though? Or does he just drive? He's definitely oh, the last one on the screen. He is. I think he must say something. He's probably like, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he's saying real lame, but he's off to, you know, have his little appear in the MCU somewhere. So, <laughs> we Ooh, we, okay, we got bum, ba, da, dam, 65%. Considering they made it a non impossible situation so mm. should we see what we got wrong yeah. um oh the first major mcu character was maria hill apparently oh. not lady sif damn it um, i think she yeah you're right i think maria hill might have been episode like early and i think sif was agent episode four of season one wasn't she i don't remember <laughs> it's going too, too many years too many years um Fitz likes pesto aioli. I'd say it would be pesto if it wasn't garlic, didn't I? Yeah, I felt like it was because mm, you said go Scottish. I was like, pesto is not very Scottish. So, you know. no, but it feels like a, I don't know, the British. We do like pesto, don't we? We love it. We do love pesto. What's the name of the planet? Oh, the planet that Simmons was stranded on was Mather. Not that was more close. Right. Yeah, we were close. Um, Daisy sees a vision of a fallen agent with a cross, not a pen. You know what? I don't remember that, was, that at all. That was the one thing I discounted in my head because I was like, I don't remember them going religious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh my goodness! It was it was soap, not breakfast cereal that Heidi oh. used to brainwash people. Soap wash brainwash. Yes, sense. and also that's what Joker does in the eighties Batman. He he gets all the beauty hygiene products. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Find out it's not relevant because it's DC, but I don't care. It's, it's a superhero thing. They like it. <laughs> Apparently, Deke actor Jeff Ward was going to play Virgil. I don't remember who Virgil was, quite frankly. Okay. Um, uh, Fitz and Hunter quoted Star Wars 5, The Empire Strikes Back, not Terminator 2. I don't know what quote they said in it. Oh, was it? Would it be, um, I love you, I know. I love you, I know. Yeah, maybe it was yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was Don't You Forget About Me. There we go. They just sound so similar, those songs in my head. Yeah. Don't you forget about me. Is a good, I seem to remember everyone singing along, whatever it was. Mm. The rest of them we got right. We got them. the rest of them. We did all right, all things considered. Yeah. I like how we tried to use logic to solve the ones we didn't know, and it really didn't play off. No, because it's a fictional show, so it would defy the... the we were like, oh, Kellogg's use cereal to do this, and... Garlic is the main component of aioli, so maybe that's right. Oh, why did we bother? We should have gone with the gut reactions. 
Absolutely, absolutely. Right. On RIP Agents one. of Shield. RIP Agents of Shield. Never to darken our doorway again. I'd love to say we barely knew you, but we knew you so. We really, really got to know them, yeah. <laughs> Damn. Okay, our next one. Our next one is a series I don't know a lot about, really. Um, and I don't think it got much traction. And I therefore assume it's not very good. It's Hellstrom. Oh, dear. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> I feel like we're going on to another... Um, uh, what was the one wanna, that lasted one season? You want to rewatch some Agents of Shield? <laughs> <laughs> I watched season six again, definitely. <laughs> Good luck to us. You've been listening to an episode of the Marvel Version. If you'd like to join in the conversation, you can tweet us at the Marvel Version. We hope you enjoyed the show and that you'll tune into the next fact-filled episode. <laughs>